is a podcast about all things St. Pete, hosted by the one and only St. Pete is Super Cool. As always, this is Sudabe, and today I'm with Amanda, your local art therapist who wants to let you guys know what she can offer you. How are you today? Good. I'm glad that you emailed me, yeah. um, you know, because like you said, I haven't been able to talk to an art therapist, and I feel like art therapy is something that's kind of up and coming in your industry and more people need to know about it and what's going on with it. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and I'm also new to the area. I came over uh, last year. Okay. So I um, just celebrated my one year business anniversary. Nice. Congrats. In March. Thank you. Nice. Um, so I'm still trying to get connected to the yeah. community. I'm really happy to be so I guess like my first question for you is like tell us how you got into like the, the field of art therapy and, and why this specific field was like something that you said I have to become here. Absolutely. Um, so I was always an artist as a kid mm -hmm. and of course I went through um, times that were difficult and I had always leaned on art to kind of help me through it and as I got into college I was like hmm I wanted to like a bunch of different art therapy or not and I was like, this doesn't feel right, that doesn't feel right. Um, and I realized that I could do art without a degree, okay. but I wanted to do something that I could make money off of mm -hmm. too. And I always had a passion for psychology. So I actually learned about art therapy when I went into my third year of college. Um, and I was like, I think I need to decide where I'm going to go after college into the field of art therapy, see what you need to do to get into that field. And actually, it's a pretty challenging field to get into. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you do have to have um, undergraduate coursework in, like, art classes as well as psychology classes. Which it sounds like you kind of already had trying to yeah. figure out where you really wanted to be. Yeah, that's right. So I was able to get a um, major in psychology with a minor in studio art. Mm -hmm. And then I pursued my... So then I guess you have a master's degree yes. in, like, art therapy, Correct. or is it, okay, perfect. Yeah, and in fact, you actually are required to have a master's degree um, in art therapy to call yourself an art therapist, oh. and also that is what qualifies you um, to be registered under the Art Therapy Credentials Group. So what's really important to know is that art therapy is a regulated mental health mm -hmm. field, and we're right alongside the mental health professionals that um, So, yeah, once you graduate, um, you have, you, if you want, you can get board certified, which requires an exam. Okay. Or you can become registered, which means I've completed my master's mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm abiding by the code of ethics set forth in the art therapy credentials group. Okay. So I guess like art therapy has always been something that's been in like the mental health field, but I feel like we're just now, like us as like the consumers yeah. are just now really finding out it's a thing yeah yeah it is kind of a small field but mm -hmm. it's definitely a field that's progressing very quickly it's been around um since the first world, or world war ii um and that it kind of started in the hospitals helping veterans okay but it's kind of gotten more and more um of a reputation over the years and just grown more and more clinically um in the psychotherapy realm so that's why you know now that we're 
incentive for um, using Hopscotch on their message boards because we want people who are actively working with people who suffer from mental health mm -hmm. to be clinically trained. Okay. Yeah. Right? And so that's why the word therapy is in there because we're providing therapeutic service. Okay. So then I guess, like, are you able, like, obviously without breaking any, like, of your, like, code of ethics, but just able to, like, walk us through, like, if I were to come in and I needed, like, a therapy session, like, as generalized as you can, what would that look like? Yeah, so I, um, I also want to mention that I'm a licensed mental health counselor okay. as well. Uh -huh. So I also am regulated by the Florida Board of Mental Health Counselors, and I, um, I have to go through a continuing education with that. But if you were to come in for a session, um, the first session is always the one where I get to know what is it that you're um, struggling with, focus on those goals and then the medium that I would invite you to do would be based on what your goals are so for instance if you're struggling from self-esteem I might invite you to do something um, with a controlled medium you know like some vision markers or whatnot because that gives you a sense of control um, versus if you are coming in you're having a really hard time opening up I might give you something more fluid like watercolor or paint because that's going to help break down that so this is the really important things that we learn as our therapists when we're sitting in our education about what different um, mediums are going to provoke different responses. And it's so important to know that because if you're not trained in what kind of response is going to elicit, you can actually cause more harm to your client. Interesting. I guess like we always hear about like art being like really therapeutic and how a lot of artists like they utilize like their art going through really tough times you know I, I talked to one artist earlier on in my pot the podcast where he was stating that you know like he really realized his artistic talent when he was going through a really dark time mm -hmm. and he utilizes art to help him through that you know but it's interesting to see like you know like on a professional and scientific level yeah. you know like how it can be utilized and if it's not utilized properly it can be harmful oh it can definitely we view the art as an extension of the self, mm -hmm. so that means that we would never encourage a client to, let's say, throw away their artwork. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to, so the difference between art therapy and um, like art education is that we're not focused on the final product, we're focused on you being able to express yourself. So if that looks like a big fat scribble, embrace it. You know, you're releasing mm -hmm. um, whatever is so we welcome that art and so we give you that container that holds space to do that in where there's no judgment and you don't have to own it it's yours but one thing that's really important to know is that um, art therapy requires a therapeutic relationship okay clinically trained professional so if there is an absence of that it is not art therapy if you're at home doing art let's say in the park or you're doing it having your own experience, mm -hmm. yes, you're benefiting from the act of creation, mm -hmm. but that isn't like a therapeutic setting. Yeah. That's not with a trained professional. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not the same. It's you can't, not. yeah, you can't compare the two really. So then I guess like, do you think, feel like knowing both sides like really well, that do you feel like therapy in general is more powerful when you pair it with art 
or do you feel like both are just as good but certain people might need art therapy versus a traditional like therapy yeah yeah you know it really depends on the situation because there are some times that art therapy is not going to fix it and that's Mm -hmm. during crisis okay you know if somebody's having a mental health crisis or something they're going to kick themselves and have to say hey let's get a bank break and start paying yeah probably not the best yeah (laughs) so it's really important to know when to introduce it and what mediums are going to be appropriate for the treatment of that person and Mm -hmm. also if they're not interested in it it's not something i'm pushing on to them it's Mm -hmm. an option okay so in addition to art therapy i provide traditional self-therapy and my model is really person-centered and i um i tend to lean more on cognitive behavioral therapy which is proceed which is kind of working with our thoughts and how that affects our behaviors okay interesting i think i was like always such like a weird like kid when it came to like the idea of therapy like the start of my life was a little rocky right and so when I went to go like actually live with my dad you know they're like okay well do you think you should put her in therapy and my whole thing was well if I can't even help myself why would a therapist be able to help me and I like fought against it so hard and now I'm like 30 and I'm like you know my parents probably should have just taken me to therapy <laughs> like you know they probably should have you know like mm-hmm. been like okay well i'm an adult in this situation i think it's probably gonna be more the best mm-hmm. like you know um they probably should have gone <laughs> yeah well i will say i definitely have experience with adolescents that their parents put, put them in therapy they mm-hmm. don't want to be there mm-hmm. um there does take a level of willingness for it to work yeah you know so there has to be something um that the child is open to but what i typically do in those situations is i just get real honest with the parent about the realistic or the reality of this um being effective and i also really work hard to develop the rapport Mm -hmm. with the client because without that actually they said that i think it's like 80 percent of success is based on that therapeutic relationship so if a client goes to a therapist and they actually aren't feeling connected, mm-hmm. they could go to that therapist for months and still not talk. Yeah. Because you really have to trust that person. So I like to um, ease them through it with the, the carriers or the teens, mm-hmm. mostly teens, I don't work with older ones, because it takes them a little longer to trust an adult that doesn't know. Yeah. Teens are crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I don't blame yeah. you. Like, teens are a little bit, they're unhinged. Yeah. You know, I can say that I have an 18-year-old sister, and she's definitely unhinged. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. You know, <laughs> um, and it's so funny, too, though, because I've had so many teen clients, and uh, they they love me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like teens, like the, like, the younger generation, like I said, like, I'm 30 years old, so, like, I'm pretty removed from the teens yeah. of of these this era like i do feel like they need a they need just a little bit more extra help like i think i was reading an article that said like like mental health issues are very high in um teenagers yeah actually they've gotten a little worse recently um you know the times of the iphone and the internet and Mm -hmm. social media is is really bad there's definitely a correlation between um depression anxiety and Interesting. Okay. That's why a lot of times when I have the kids and the parents come in, I always help the parent explain about the social media use or the gaming use and what is the ratio of time that they're allowing their child on on electronics Mm -hmm. because that is definitely something that needs to be more 
just, I mean, we see that a lot. And then even like, you know, we hear like the social media executives, they're like, yeah, my kids aren't on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when they're saying their kids aren't even on it, I think maybe we should also be listening mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have our kids on it either. Yeah. But you were saying earlier too, before we really started recording that you see like adolescents, but you also see a lot of like older adults in right. your art therapy sessions. Oh yeah, a lot which of I kind of thought would have been a switch. Yeah, and that's the common misconception is like when people think art therapy, they're like, oh, it's so good for the kids that can't really talk about their feelings. But the reality is, is that adults and elderly and anyone really mm-hmm. can benefit from art therapy because it's really a vessel for communication of those verbal barriers that somebody might have if they've experienced trauma or they really don't know what's going on in the subconscious. There's certain directives that we can provide to say, okay, let's do this form on my kid. Mm-hmm. And it actually is very eye-opening. I mean, I've had people say to me, oh my God, I never even know, knew I was kind of like thinking that it's triggering. You know, when you suppress like difficult things and memories, it ends up really getting, uh, affecting your health in different ways. And I guess like too, it's like, like my, my biggest thing that I guess like disconnects in my head sometimes is like how in a sense like utilizing like art and like art tactics can you like really see like or have it help someone with their issues like if someone's like do let's say like do a water watercolor painting yeah like you know are there things that are like popping up to you in this painting where you're like okay well this is the issue like or is it the act of just doing the art that allows the person to open up enough to talk to you yeah, it's both, but not. Okay. But one thing that I really want to be clear on is that art therapists do not um, like mind read or read what the art says. Like art, because it's an extension of that person, the mm-hmm. only person who can interpret the work is the artist. Okay. So normally, what I'll do is I'll ask them to create, and then I'll say something like, "So tell me what do you see in this picture?" Okay. And then they'll be like um, looking at it, and we try to look at it from and subjective point of view and then I'll say something like okay well what does that bird over here on the mountain symbolize to you and how does this relate to your life right now okay so it really is kind of like a good marriage of like mm-hmm. you know traditional like talk therapy yeah. and stuff like that and then just having an outlet for yeah. the person and then when they take they look at it through symbolism and metaphor they realize okay actually that's symbolizing then they just start talking about it interesting you know so it's like a catalyst for mm-hmm. them almost instead of like just kind of sitting in front of you and yeah. you being like so how do you make you feel yeah <laughs> like, you know that's funny. which <laughs> that's the, the most used question in therapy so how yeah make you feel? i feel like it is like an ongoing joke too like even for like people who are like are in like therapy like you see it a lot kind of like used in like the whole the whole tropes of a therapist and someone going to yeah. therapy so help me how do i make you feel <laughs> You know, and it's, yeah. which I'm sure it's not as, like, prevalent in a whole session, but, yeah. you know, that is kind of what you think when you think of a therapy session, yeah. you know, and I imagine for some people, like, being able to, like, draw something pretty, something mold something mm-hmm. is going to be more beneficial for them because it has a jumping point to be able to talk about their feelings. Right. Yeah, and actually, sometimes you don't even have to ask them because you can, you can how they're feeling and they'll just start to comment on it okay or they um 
So as the art therapist, our big role is to observe the language that the national students speak in there. Okay. And see how that word interacts with the classroom. So if you teach them to listen to and you explain to them listen, comprehend, listen, and comprehend, listen, they're they're struggling with low self esteem and Mm -hmm. lack of self esteem Mm -hmm. assessment, right? They want everything to be perfect. Yeah. And so, um, we can kind of make a mental note of that and bring it up as an observational thought after the Mm -hmm. students. Do you think, like, I th- like the one thing that popped in my head when you were saying that is, like, do you think art therapy is really good for people who might, like, need anger management or suffer with a lot of anger? Yeah. I mean, I think it's for anyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, for any issues, I think, are appropriate. Um, there's so many different, like, um, genres within the art therapy themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just so vast, to be honest, because some art therapists work specifically in museums. Okay. And it's all about just taking people to a museum to view artwork and um, project themselves into the image or see, try to interpret what that image means to them. And that sounds like a really nice time. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, for people who do utilize that, like, there's, like, probably those sessions that were, like, really, like, raw. Yeah. You know? But, like, that also sounds like a really nice time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just being able to, like, go to a museum and have someone there who really just wants to, like, listen to you. Yeah. You know, I think that's, like, probably, like, the the boon of therapy is you have someone there who really just wants to, like, listen to anything you have to say, and there's no judgment. Yeah. They're there to help you. They're not exactly. there to judge you. Exactly. Yeah, and, and there's other areas, too, like art therapy in prisons. Um, Dr. Dave Hosek at Florida State University, he's, um, you know, spearheaded the whole program mm-hmm. and I think he has like nine prisons at this point that he's doing art therapy oh, programs wow. in excuse me and I feel like that's another like really like handy one you know because again like I feel like we can like we can very easily say like oh this person is bad like this person is bad and I I do believe there are just bad people out there yeah. but like I feel like some people they there's like there's a, a, a there's a timeline of them getting to that space oh yeah you know, yeah. like a, a timeline of them being pushed and pushed and pushed yeah. and pushed yeah. to finally that state. Yes, and there's a large percent of um, inmates that mm-hmm. come out of there yeah. with substance abuse and addiction issues. So, you know, wherever we can help um, that specific group. Very interesting. I, I think, too, like the most important question really is, is, you know, um, when someone is looking for an art therapist. Yeah. And they want a, a board certified, someone who has done the work like you have. Mm-hmm. What are the things that they need to be looking out for that sets you apart from maybe the frauds out right, there? Right. Yeah, so first thing you want to see is they have that little credential at the end of their name. Uh-huh. And it's either ATR or H, um, ATDC, which means Art Therapy um, Board Certified if they don't have anything at the end of their name, that might mean that they just haven't registered with the, um, you know, the board yet, but I would always look on the art therapy credentials person's website. They have mm-hmm. therapist locators on, um, look up so you can verify credentials. Yes. Okay. And also on the American Art Therapy Association's website, they have like an art therapist locator map so you can actually locate therapists all over the country. Okay. 
So definitely utilize those. Look out for those like little, yeah, uh, those little symbols and credentials. Yeah, if you find somebody that's like, um, you know, it says something about Arthur's on their website or what have you, but you don't see anything, any mentions about the board or the American Arthur's Association, that's a red flag. Yeah, because your website, I mean, you, you really list it all out. Oh, yeah. You know, like like <laughs> I said, like, you know, I, I, I went there to kind of, like, view it beforehand and stuff, and I was like, okay, some of this, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and to, to me, sometimes in my eyes, that's like, okay, well, this person knows what they're talking about. Because oh, yeah. they're, using, they're using lingo that they yeah. understand that's within their field, yeah. you know, to kind of let me know that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. But I don't know what they're talking about yet. Yeah, yeah. So, usually, like, my little green flag uh, mm-hmm. for that is, you know, like, okay, they, they know what they know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, like, it's like, I, you know, for instance, and I say this a lot, in a lot of my podcasts, like, I have a martial art background, right? Yeah. So, like, I, that lingo and that understanding, like, I get it. I know what's mm-hmm. going on. But some people are just looking at me like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, but you're not, you're, yeah. you know. And, you know, that's how I can kind of, like, pull out the people I'm like okay you're not gonna know what you're talking about right. because if you can't give me the basics yeah. then it's like what are you really doing here like you can't mm-hmm. even talk to me about the basics yeah and um one thing that I found was really interesting which maybe I shouldn't have been surprised but I was is when I moved to St. Pete mm-hmm. because it's such an artsy city yeah I found a lot of people mm-hmm. saying that to be me okay yeah. And I was like, whoa, interesting. And so one thing just to know is that there's 28 states in the United States mm-hmm. that have a license for arbitrology, and it's Title 23, which means that if you claim to be an art therapist and you're not licensed or it's under a board, you could be, um, you know, you could be charged with not being licensed. Oh, wow. Is Florida one of those states? Almost. Almost. No. Okay. No, I, I <laughs> you know, um, but I will say, um, we've, we've been assigned to get licensed mm-hmm. in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and in the last five years, we've picked up a lot of successful momentum. Mm-hmm. And this last congressional session, we were able to get sponsored by both the Republican and Democrat okay. sides. That's the hardest part. That I feel like <laughs> we do have a bill, um, ready to go and this will be our second Yeah, so then, you know, people are all Heads like, up. Uh, you know, like, oh, don't yeah. call yourself an art therapist if you're not trained. <laughs> I guess, too, like, is there, like, a really, like, sneaky red flag that, like, people that, like, sometimes, like, utilize that, like, can almost, like, trick you into thinking, you know, that this person is? Um, sometimes there are other mental health professionals. Uh-huh. Okay. That claim to be art therapy. And okay. They kind of say it like it's a play therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing about play therapy. That is a method that you can get a quick certification through. Okay. That's not a mental health field. Yeah. They're not going through the same stuff that you went through. Yeah. But I noticed a lot of um, mental health professionals, they'll, they'll finish their degree, they'll get licensed, and then they'll get a lot of certifications, mm-hmm. right? Because we want to be... Um, we want to be diverse mm-hmm. in yeah. our skill level and our skill set. 
And so some of them might be like, oh yeah, I'm a licensed animal counselor or social worker, but they're not actually a clinician or therapist. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Because <laughs> like, like this is scary stuff. Like if you want to like be very vulnerable with a person, yeah. you want them to know what they're, they're doing. Because they're going to, like, piss you off or you're, like, you know, I will do all of this effort and you guys are just, like, telling the people that you're an art therapist. Yeah. Like, I mean, definitely that is a big uh, topic of conversation in my field. Uh-huh. We are always talking about it. Yeah. Always. It would piss me off, but I feel like I'm also just a very petty person sometimes. <laughs> so it's, like, very easy to just, like, annoy me. Yeah, but I think what's important, too, is um, to build bridges instead of walls. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had someone, like, like a therapist that you've talked to about that, and they're just kind of like, whatever, like, yes. don't tell me what to do, like, kind yes. of thing? Yeah. Most of them say, oh, well, there's not a license yet, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You're going to forget about it, and then it's all of a sudden going to be <laughs> here, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, and you know what, this is for Florida, and then in other states, this is a totally different conversation, because, mm-hmm. um. get in trouble and then you're like okay I guess we'll follow the rules like I was like born and raised in Florida I'm like a true blue local never left home you know just really like really opening up here people (laughs) you know like you know everyone's like oh my god I need to leave leave my hometown and I'm like nah I don't want to like (laughs) you know but that's yeah that's how Florida is like we just kind of like do whatever we want until we actually get in trouble and then we're like okay we'll follow the rules a little lawless over here. <laughs> like, no, but we have um, progressed so much, I think, mm-hmm. with getting this bill together, getting um, bipartisan support, and also we have the support from all the boards. Just so, um, you know, if you're in the Mohawk community and you're listening, um, we've already gotten support from the Board of Animal Counselors, social workers, and everything with this, which in the past, they were kind of against us doing that, and now they they are uh, able to recognize that we are you know just like them we have that master's degree we have that clinical training that also well helps. yeah you guys put in the work too it's not like you're staying in the studio all day painting no. smiley faces and trees <laughs> definitely you not. know you guys like it sounds like you guys getting a master's is not easy no. you know you guys put in the work and you know you guys are also able to step into their field per se yeah. and do what they're doing yeah exactly. you know you just decide to get extra Yeah, I was, it was like a two and a half year program. I did a study abroad trip because 
university class. Okay. You know, um, and just being up in, in D.C., I was exposed to so many amazing uh, characters and communities. And there's so much going on in D.C., like, just besides, like, being in the Capitol and yeah. all that stuff. Like, it's, I've, I've been there twice on both times. I'm just like, geez, there's just so much yeah. like going on and happening here all the time. Just yeah. besides, you know, all of the political stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good, it's a fun state. I think, honestly, if I ever had to move, I think D.C. would probably be, like, on my list. That's awesome. You know, it'd be one of, you know, just the safest place that, like, people really came for us. <laughs> I couldn't stand the cold weather. I mean, I was It doesn't like, get cold? Oh, I have to go back to the sun. I need sun more of the time, obviously, in D.C. And it's just, like, the winter is not enough sun for me. I just feel so gone in, like, both times in the summer. And it's oh. just been... Hot. It's very hot in the summer. It's a different type of hot. It's a dry heat is what it is. Like I, I feel like the sun in the sun in DC is just angry all the time. Angry. It's really just trying to fry everyone in DC. <laughs> like the last time we went to DC, dude, I was like, this is miserable. Like him and I like would like go out, do what we wanted to do, you know, come back and we showered like at least three to four times a day because like it was just it's not it's yeah. not the sun over there is not normal. It's, it's a different not. sun. DC has a different sun. It's just the sun over there is not happy. It wants yeah. to like fry everyone in that state. Um, yeah, and here in Florida we get the sea breeze, and you know we can jump in the ocean and then cool off. It's yeah. perfect. I don't know. I feel like the sun, and I just I don't know. I feel like some states have a different sun. They yeah. And I feel like the Florida sun is just like what's up, bro? Can you like hand me a Corona and can we chill? Like <laughs> some of these, geez, some of the suns in some of these states just. Yeah, that's half the reason why I never left home. <laughs> so I also saw on your website that you partnered with uh, the Sela Freedom. It's Salem. Sela Freedom Nonprofit. Yes. Um, and that is, um, from what I was able to see, like a domestic, uh, they work with women. Or no, women who were sex trafficking. Tra- I can't say that word. Sex trafficking. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, so basically it is a nonprofit faith-based program. Okay. Yeah. And um, so they're local. They have like a local um, chapter here um, in Hennessy County. And they actually found me. They reached out and were like, hey, we'd really love for you to provide our services to them. And they thought, you know, would you be interested? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and I had worked with sex trafficking victims before kind of like at Devereux, Florida, which is a residential facility in Vieira. I work with adolescents who can't hear mental health issues like they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, but in this program, they're working to rehabilitate the women, and it's a year-long program, and then they rehouse them back into the society. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's been such a powerful and rewarding experience. I've, I've actually just recently been started working with them at the Parsons Clinic a few months in. Okay, so this is, like, really, really new. Really new, yeah. But I did want to share some really saddening statistics because I had to write these down because I can't yeah, remember them right now. Um, so 2 million children are sold each year through sex trafficking. I couldn't believe it. Children, too. Like, I just, I don't, I feel, I don't understand that concept. Like, how can you kind of, like, look at it and then, like, I don't get it. I know. I know. Um, average age entering into sex trafficking is 15 years to 17 years. Florida is in the top 
It's like kind of scary too because it's a lot of money so you have to know that there are like people with a lot of money who are like yeah you know they're put they're putting they're putting money into it right. one way or another right. you know because that's a lot of money for like sex workers yeah um and then within 48 hours of finding the boat one out of three feared that our safety was in peril such a big issue and so here in Florida there's like um, I know it's notorious like Miami and Sparkling Miami um, down south there's like through Orlando and like um, Tampa that's just over the bridge yeah it's just over the bridge and there's these it just goes around around the neighboring towns of Orlando and Miami that's like really that's like you know again like you know we talk about the sun you can't miserableness and you know and you like you see all the pretty murals and but like there's like a very dark seedy hiding place out under there. yeah underground to it as well as mm-hmm. you know that we like really do need to fix and I feel like St. Pete is like very progressive compared to yeah. you know maybe like other areas yeah, but still like it's it is an these women, they're on these really strict kind of schedules that they have, like, you know, they're doing group therapy, they're doing home individual therapy, they're doing high schools, career schools, because they haven't had that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like, I, I do kind of liken it to, like, being in prison for a really long time, and then, like, kind of, like, coming out, and there is this real culture shock yeah. where you don't know how to just be a normal member of society, because you've a very traumatic experience or you've in a sense been so isolated right right so they have all that going on and um so when i come in i'm doing the art with them mm-hmm. and it's just such a relief because they're like oh my god yeah they can just you kinda. know because it's like i don't you know to talk about all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah but also just it's less structure and less Is there like a medium that you know is like that is like really like helpful towards women that are like have kind of gone through this? So um, anything that's 3D or mixed-media, because mm. they love to use both hands, and um, I think anybody with a lot of trauma actually doing um, something in 3D space hands, we call that bilateral art therapy. 
like really like probably like such a great feeling yeah. for them like biologically they like they yeah. probably haven't felt that in a long time so what i did last week with the woman was sewing we we literally did hand sewing i asked her about the fabric and what we were doing was mine's a stitching mm -hmm. so i taught them just simple stitches and you do have to use hand sewed hands um and then we're going to Again, like it's like it's like something physical of like it's a testament towards mm -hmm. your healing and your overcoming of what you went through. Because I don't think anyone goes into that willingly. Right. You know, it's it's you know it's either you're kind of led by you know unfortunately a drug addiction or you're like taken into it. Like it's you know it's not like yeah like you know it's not a, it's not a career choice. No. You know thing. So just I, I guess like sometimes having that physical like you know representation of that o you overcoming is really awesome so then like on the other hand are you're doing a summer camp with like kids that's going to be doing an art center oh yeah um, so it's like it's two very, two very different things yeah yeah so for the summer camp that's not art therapy that's mm -hmm. all education okay. i i actually did an art teacher okay and i love just doing art um that's not clinical sometimes okay it's just fun mm -hmm. um and so i'm going to be doing Every week they have like a specific theme, so a lot of times it's like weird and wild projects, and so we're going to do a keynote. We're going to do animals in Florida, and then one funky something, um, but it's just built up around like conversation. That's cute, though. I love a good summer camp theme, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Marine Art Center is really cool because anytime school is not in session, mm -hmm. they have children come and participate. That's good to know. Like, and I'm talking about President's Day. I'm talking about teacher board sales. They know the whole academic calendar, and they always make sure to have something just for kids so that the parents can have them to do for their children um, while people are out. Yeah. You know? Again, I, I want to drop my kid off at the Marine Arts Center before I, like, take daycare. Yeah. Yeah, for you know? sure. I feel like too many daycares have been open these days. Like, yeah. It's like... I, like going through this whole process like a pregnancy and about to have a kid like i'm just like paranoid about everything and there's just way too much in the news these days yeah. i'm just like stay in there you're never coming out you know you're safer in there than out here yeah so i guess what has been like a moment in your career where you have been like i am like 100 percent on the right So when I got into grad school, I just knew because it was, you know, 
Okay. And it's usually for a day and it's a day full of pleasures. Like, it's not an event that's gonna take you hard or, you know, especially when it's this big, you know? But I feel like I was born to win this bracelet. And I don't know. I just. You just, you felt it very strongly that that was. I felt it so strongly. Like, it was a strong pull. Anytime I had, like, a distraction, it was always, like, back on path towards something. Okay. Interesting. So you needed smacking you back in there. What the heck are you doing? Yeah. Even, like, when I thought about just doing normal counseling without the art therapy Mm -hmm. program, it was still, like, no. You've got to have art in your life. And you've got to do this on a daily basis for art. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then I guess, um, like, another thing that, you know, question that like popped into my head is I imagine especially you know hearing stories that you hear sometimes it could be very hard to like cope with that knowledge do you have ways that you in a sense kind of keep yourself mentally clear yeah so in grad school um they recommended and they recommended everybody just do a personal bracelet okay Um, but I was already doing personal bracelets in grad school so I I feel like that's an ethical feel so much stuff Mm -hmm. and it is kind of like a vicarious trauma sometimes yeah so I definitely have my own personal picture from grad school where I kind of tell everybody and then having a self-care routine okay Um, so you know and this is what we kind of teach clients sometimes like are what are your floorboards like what are your kids in sports like what is your self-care routine because that is so important because without that I imagine like hearing so much like it can really kind of like unintentionally like yeah drag you down yeah. you know yeah a lot of clinicians experience um compassion fatigue which is where you know you know obviously we have to um be empathetic and feel compassion for our clients and their issues but it's in very public fashion sometimes yeah. you know and so it's important when you feel that compassion fatigue that you take a break so I'm actually taking a break next week and going to Scotland. Okay. <laughs> like, I was about to say, vacation, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nice. Like, I'm going to travel. Um, and since I own my private practice, I get to make my schedule, and I know, like, what's next, what's next, what's next. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be converting X amount of clients just because my eyes are burned right now. Yeah. So I set my brain to feel into that, mm-hmm. like, you know, rest nights and be quality. Quality over quantity, pretty much. Yeah. You know, which I feel like I don't. I don't feel like therapy is cheap. So it's I. Not. Yeah. You know, so I feel like sometimes, like, you know, therapists need to put on too much. Too much. Onto yeah. their plate. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Those are expensive these days. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. So then, I guess, what are like my last like really two kind of like qu- questions for for you is what techniques do you feel like everyone should just know to be able to cope with the daily stresses of life that they can take into their home with them? They don't necessarily need to come and see you once uh, or twice a week or once a month. Do you mean um, creatively or do you mean just in general? I think just in general. I think, like, stress is something that, like, everyone struggles with. You know, so it's like, what are, from your professional standpoint, is a great tip Tip, for for people? One big thing is um, breathing exercises because... um, Good 
thing that had rocks in it. Yeah, like, that's not the cool thing that I want to happen. I want the person who is out there making the rocks and then any, you can be anywhere at any time and your dad can still be there. Yeah. You know? And so the big thing is exhaling slowly. Okay. Going in and out. Because if I exhale slower, I end up getting a headache in the morning. Okay. Which is not what you want to happen. Okay. You know, um, a lot of people are on medication nowadays mm-hmm. and they really don't want to think about the physical stuff. Yeah. So it's just community helps in so many ways. Um, like I said before, it really does take a village mm-hmm. to raise a child, but also just helping an individual out there yeah. really does make a big difference. So will say too like taking an oath like being very picky about your community yeah you know because like like you say this to kids too like be careful your friends are like you know because your community can also take you down sometimes you know if that's the case that's right yeah Yeah. it is important to know who you're around and what you're around and just that old saying of you are what you are you are the person that you are with yeah you know, I used to argue with my dad about that. I'm like, no, dad. And he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, and, you know, down goes the line. Yeah. And she's like, no, she loves hearing that one. I'm like, I know, because I was, I was that way for years. You need to listen to me more. You know, so I say, I say that to, you know, my fiance all the time. I'm like, you're here to fight, you know. <laughs> Stay with me. Uh-huh. I, I, have you ever heard, too, like, this is like a TikTok thing, you know, and I feel like TikTok, as great as it can be, you know, you can get a lot of information from it. You also hear some crazy things on TikTok, okay? Yeah. Like, they were talking about how, like, if someone's, like, having an anxiety attack or, like, they're, like, struggling to, like, kind of, like, you know, like, compre- like put something cold in their hand. And they're, like, and that will, like, shock them out of it. And I'm, like, that mm. seems way too good to be true. Mm. Like, I'll have something cold in my hand all the time. <laughs> well, so engaging your senses does uh-huh. But it's basically, and then, like, one thing you can smell, and then another thing you can taste. Okay. Yeah, um, but when you engage your senses, it puts it back in the body, and then it helps with neutralizing, and then you get grounded. Okay. And that's it helps ground you. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're in your mind, you're just like, ah, freaking out, and you have to get your body back mm-hmm. and grounded so that you can recover. Yeah. Well, I think, too, is, like, when, you know, like, for people who suffer, like, mentally or they have trauma, mm-hmm. your mind like you are in constant fight with your mind right you know and like the mind is really hard to control yeah once you let it go it's it's you it's very hard to reel it back in yeah i just think a lot of people they don't 
they don't like realize you know how difficult it can be sometimes to throw yourself out of that spiral yeah you know or to like even be able to like maybe I'll just control your thoughts and it's not that easy when you when you struggle yeah and that's why it's really important to reach out for help Mm -hmm. especially when you're like you don't feel I guess you said you just celebrated your first or one-year business anniversary. So then I guess what are your, like, future plans for your business and your practice? Like, what do you want to be through the community of St. Pete? And I guess how can the community of St. Pete help you do that? Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, so this year I got a little smarter. And I was like, let me plan my year now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is just partnering with nonprofits and expanding my reach away from my private practice. My five-year goal is to take on other expressive artists. So there's actually like an expressive therapy window, and that umbrella includes music therapists, dance therapists, drama therapists, Ooh. and storytelling therapists. So my vision is to, in the future, be able to take on some of those other expressive therapists So then I guess, like, how can we help you do that? I mean, obviously, like, the people who have podcasts, you know, that, like, reach out to the community, you know, definitely have, you know, then reach out to you, you know, nonprofits, you know, I think, I think you want to talk to, honestly, Neville, be able to, like, they deal with, like, you know, domestic violence victims and stuff like that. You're the second Um, person today that talked about that. that, Hey, the universe is telling you. You know, like, I just, honestly, I think that'd be, like, you know, a really good fit. You know, I don't know if they do the Great American Teaching anymore since COVID. Um, you know, like stuff like that would be probably really beneficial. You know, I would say, number one, if you are struggling with, with mental health issues and traditional talk therapy is not going to help you, mm-hmm. um, you might benefit from talking to a therapy expert if you're struggling. So definitely reach out. And then number two, if you are kind of like a business owner trying to get connected with the University of North Carolina UNF campus because we've done talk therapy career orientation so people yeah. know hey this is what you can do if you need help do they have a program over there at USF for that no actually the only university in the state of Florida that offers a master's in therapy is UNLV okay Florida State University of Technology and the university that's so fun because that's where my sister's going to college Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I like, you know, like, I could totally see her, like, being, like, a therapist for, like, helping people, like, with their problems. You know, I can, like, totally see her, like, kind of, like, within that field somehow. Um, You know, my sister's friend is only getting into their problems, and she has the best advice. So, (laughs) you know, I, I, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. Like, yeah, so FSU has that master's program, and then the University of Tampa does have a master's program in art therapy. Okay. But just to um, let you know, you can't actually 
you have you have to well I guess like could you get it when you pass the University of Tampa and then transfer to FSU to complete your training yeah of course oh yeah so um UNC that's man that was my dream college oh really yeah yeah I dude I still go by the University of Tampa and I'm like oh well in school and then I get to college and I just was like well like college just didn't mesh with me and I eventually just was like well I'm just I'm not gonna just continue to do this on my own right and not get anything done yeah you know and I think having now applied a lot to programs Mm -hmm. so you know the programs are going to yeah like there's personalities in and whatnot um I don't know that I would personally take them to win and I think that there's a lot of schools and entities right now Well, thank you so much for, you know, again, reaching out. This has been a really great conversation, you know, and I, I hopefully this brings even more people to you that genuinely like need your services and your help. Well, and if anybody's interested, I am doing an online event for women around the country here in Tampa in June. Okay. And, uh, it's going to be happening Monday, May 15th at 6 PM. Okay. look that up if uh you know you're you're curious i'll give you the link Um, yeah definitely send me the link and i'll make sure i put it in for them so it's easy for them to find yeah yeah all right well thank you so much again thank you thank you thanks for listening saint pete please subscribe to our podcast so you can catch all the fun conversations we will have with our local artists and businesses for some fun behind the scenes follow us on instagram good morning saint pete we hope you all have a